I'm your host Tyrone and I'm your host Desiree and we are not still not your your attorneys so you know there's really (laughs) a lot going on right now and I'm not exactly sure where to begin um where would you like to begin Desiree I'm weary of the ways of the world oh speaking of one year anniversary today a seat at the table seat at the table came out Shout out to um, Afropunk when we saw her just give us our whole lives. Um, Because we truly are weary, and that was the soundtrack to help get us through, like, I guess the next four years at a minimum. (laughs) Man. Because I feel like all hell is broken loose. You know, y'all president is just getting on my last nerve. It's like, we didn't want to even start the show off with that. But, like, he's just in every single story at this point. You know, he's still looking for them ratings. He forgot that he's not a reality TV star anymore. He tried to, one, come from my boy Steph Curry. Y'all know I'm a Warriors fan. I was not feeling that. Calling people sons of a bitch. If it was any other president saying son of a bitch in a speech on television. Lord. But get you up out of there. Impeached so bad. <laughs> so, so, so fast. But nope. Nothing. Again, I'm. This is my phrase. I still look from um, SNL. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. You can tweet out, oh, hey, Steph Curry, you're uninvited to the White House, even though Steph Curry said he wasn't coming. I wasn't coming anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He also can go to um, campaign rally for, um, uh, was it governor for Texas, or not Texas, governor of Alabama. And I don't know how this was relevant at all, but saying anyone of the NFL players who kneels, they're son of a bitches, and the owner should fire them. Get them off the field. You're fired. He really just wanted to say you're fired, I'm pretty sure. Exactly. He misses the apprentice. But about, <laughs> you know, saying anyone needs to be fired for kneeling, this has sparked, I don't know, quote-unquote outrage from a bunch of players who did not, in my opinion, publicly have Kaepernick's back, and the owners who we know who didn't have Kaepernick's back because – he is not a quarterback in the NFL. So for me to see all of these um, speeches or not speeches, what is, I can't even think right now. I'm so upset. <laughs> what is it? Press statements from oh, different yeah, team yeah, owners. All these public statements. In support of freedom of speech and a right to peacefully protest. And they support and stand by their players and how fine these men Listen, are. Listen, all of these statements were so disassociated from Colin Kaepernick's original point. Like he literally was trying to bring awareness during something that he's, he's like, there's a juxtaposition here while I'm kneeling during the national anthem. Cause it's supposed to represent this freedom of speech that we're talking about, not just freedom of speech, but like freedoms of the United States. He's like, and that's why I'm kneeling, because I'm telling you it's not free for everyone. There are still people being oppressed in this country while everyone just pretends that everything is equal and okay. So that's why he was kneeling. But somehow it turned into kneeling meant you were disrespecting 
a the flag which how the how the hell like, can you disrespect all, a flag they <laughs> disrespect the flag anyway someone posted a the code of the flag and mother i mean i was about to curse people <laughs> disrespect the flag every day you're not supposed to wear the flag you're not supposed to lay it flat um those are just some examples but i want to get back this, to the main and then the national anthem they're like you're disrespecting the national anthem it's like it is a song that is disrespectful to people of color. It's like, I just, history is a thing that matters. And we're not about to sit here and give y'all a history lesson, but you have to understand why he chose to do, Colin Kaepernick chose to do what he did when he did it, which was doing the national anthem. I just wish people right now stop trying to change the narrative to this being a kneel about the flag and a nail about, patriotism. about the national anthem and oh patriotism please people try to define that in many ways like it is relevant relative to you but anyways that Kaepernick's stance was about inequality and injustice and murdering of black and brown people by the police without any consequences so let's not forget that let's not make this a freedom of speech argument um, but we'll go, we're going to get into what the freedom of speech law actually is later on in the breakdown. But before we do that, let's all give Cardi B a round of applause because homegirl came out of nowhere to swoop in and take that number one spot from um, the Billboard chart. She tried to lower <laughs> that uh, single, that wax single to 69 cents and still didn't get it. <laughs> Girl, bye. Congratulations, Cardi B. And without further ado, let's hop right into it. So like we said, freedom of speech is a big topic right now. And that's going to be the underlying basis of all the cases we are discussing today. So in a defamation suit uh, by actress Rebel Wilson, she was in Pitch Perfect and Bridesmaids. She won that Amy, if you will. That Amy, <laughs> she won a record-breaking amount of three point six six million dollars in damages in her defamation lawsuit against Bauer Media, a publisher of Australian Australian magazines, Woman's Day, Australian Women's Weekly, NW, and OK. In 2015, Bauer Media published articles that allegedly cost Rebel some movie roles. Strangely, some of the articles claim that Rebel had lied about her age, claiming to be six six years younger, and she had falsely claimed to have been named Rebel at birth. Additionally, they were saying that Bauer had said Wilson lied about having a hallucination (laughs) about winning an Oscar while she was sick with malaria, and about her parents being dog trainers and being related to... um, U.S. entertainment entrepreneur Walt Disney himself and being raised in the ghetto of Sydney, which I guess everywhere has ghetto, but that's just a strange thing to lie about. I'm just confused. Like, why would anybody lie about any of these things? People lie. No, I don't know. You know, this taking back to like that Richard Simmons case. They just be saying craziness. Well, it cost them because the jury agreed. And now Rebel has won more than four times the amount of any other Australian defamation lawsuit. And she's not done with them now. She also wants attorney's fees and that is still pending. So I I say get your money. People can't be lying. You out here publishing fake stuff. And yeah, I believe they have fake news. um, A similar um, 
democratic government setup over there and a similar constitution, not exactly the same, but I think there's the whole concept of like freedom of speech and the press being able to publish things, but there is a limit to that. You just can't be out here lying. So let's bring it back to the United States. Two separate plaintiffs are suing CNN over its reporting in June 2015 on the infant mortality rate for open heart surgery at West Palm Beach, Florida-based St. Mary's Medical Center. The first plaintiff, Dr. Michael Black, is a heart surgeon of St. Mary's Medical Center, and the other is former CEO David Carbone, who was forced to resign after the CNN report came out. In Carbone's lawsuit, he questions CNN's conclusion that St. Mary's death rate was three times the national average. Carbone alleges CNN made an unfair comparison to hospitals that did both open heart and closed heart surgeries and that a more proper comparison would be adjusted for risk. Uh, What makes these defamation cases interesting is that both cases could have been brought in Florida state court, but Carbone opted to bring his case in Georgia federal court. And he could do that because the way that you get into federal court is either you have a question that is of a constitutional level or you have diversity jurisdiction, which means the plaintiff and the defendant are from two jurisdictions and they can be brought, they can't be brought in the same state. So CNN tried to invoke Georgia's anti-slap motion. And remember that an an anti-slap motion is used by a defendant to prevent malicious or frivolous lawsuits that are meant to suppress certain forms of speech and that go back to episode 16 for more info on anti-slap laws. The federal judge in Georgia, however, ruled against CNN, deciding that federal rules apply and not state laws, which meant that Carbone only needed to show plausibility on his claims rather than probability and prevailing in his defamation suit against CNN. So CNN appealed and wants the appellate court to review whether a state's free speech protecting law has a place in a federal court. And so that's the anti-slap law, which is there to protect free speech. And CNN is also claiming that the appellate court has pendant jurisdiction, which is the authority to hear a closely related state law claim against a party already facing a federal claim. Appellate courts have the power to review decisions and change outcomes of decisions of lower courts. Ultimately, this case is interesting because people are bringing similar defamation and freedom of speech cases in both state and federal courts, and now judges are forced to determine which law applies. So this confusion between state and federal law may soon get defamation cases into the Supreme Court, which will sort of be a big deal because we haven't had too many defamation and or freedom of speech cases like this for the press and the Supreme Court too recently. So we'll have to see where it happens. I don't I don't know. I really thought that it was going to be the Sarah Palin case um, mm-hmm. with the New York Times, which quick backstory to that is Sarah Palin said that the New York Times got some information wrong about her that they had published, um, I think, either earlier this year, or late last year and took them to court. And they, even though the, it came out that the information actually was wrong about her, they truly believed it was, it was true. true. Mm-hmm. And that was their defense, which can be a defense. And so that's where they brought their like 
they're like, this was our first amendment right to sort of talk about these issues. And we tried to validate the information as much as possible. So um, it's a bit surprising to see like of all cases, because I believe she's appealing. Um, I mean, she got hella facts wrong when she was trying to run. What was it for vice president? So I just feel like she needs to sit down and be quiet. Oh, no. She needs to have all the seats. I think she was down in um, Georgia trying to campaign for um, those two knucklehead. <laughs> one of the two knuckleheads. He was the one. Oh, my God. He was the one that was on the Supreme Court of um, in Alabama, actually. What am I talking about? In Alabama, where they he would not... Uh, take down the Ten Commandments in, like, the courthouse where mm-hmm. the Supreme Court was. And he also would not enforce the marriage equality ruling and was like, no, nah, we don't do that down here. It's just like, okay, you just came to be difficult. So All of these bored, miserable people. <laughs> wow, find something better to do. Let's move on to freedom of speech and social media. Social media is big, blowing up. Laws are still getting written about how we use social media. So social media use is very interesting in the First Amendment world. In July 2017, the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University sued y'all president for blocking them on Twitter From his personal account. His personal account, yes. The seven plaintiffs said Donald Trump violated their constitutional right to petition the government. In August, Trump's lawyers responded by saying that the suit is an unprecedented attempt to police the social media use (laughs) as he has the right to freedom of speech. He has the right to freedom of speech. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, Trump feels like he has the right to decide who he wants to follow and who he wants to block suing him over being blocked violates his constitutional rights now girl (sighs) he violates people constitutional rights every day every day he is just such a hypocrite okay so although twitter is a private site where users can typically do and say what they want trump's trump's tweets about policy matters begs the question of whether or not Twitter is a public forum based on his tweets. So he uses the POTUS account and his personal account interchangeably just to talk shit and not do real work. The attorney for the block Twitter users clarified this point by suggesting Twitter enables ordinary systems to speak directly to public officials and to listen to and debate others about public issues in much the same way as they would if they were gathered on a sidewalk or in a public park or at a city council meeting or town hall. Trump's attorney argues the president's advisors have stated that tweets from at real Donald Trump are official statements and they have been treated as such by the politicians, world leaders, and the National Archive, Record Administration, and federal courts. So to us, that means that they kind of prove the point of this lawsuit you're saying his personal account and potus account should be treated equally as public forums if it's recognized by other people as official statements he be treating tweeting out policy mind you homeboy has an official potus account that he just like left for dead because obama used it like that i'm sure that's the reason yeah and he has more followers on his (laughs) personal account so he wants to use that like sir 
If you knew anything and you keep talking about ratings, ratings aren't that important anymore because it's not the traditional rating system. Like, get up on game. But it is a good point, I think, that they're making, though, by saying that if you are actually tweeting out policy and you are blocking users from reading policy, exactly, it, it puts you in a different space because I think, really, he doesn't understand the fact that he is not a citizen. <laughs> He's not a private <laughs> citizen anymore. He's a... He's a government employee exactly. and he's like the, the leader poli- of the quote unquote free world, the most important government employee, probably. And so you don't have the same rights. And we'll talk about this later in the breakdown. But you you have your rights as a citizen. But once you become a, a government employee, there is a certain limit to that. So Trump himself disagreed about his private account being a public you know, source of information. Forum. Forum, right. He tweeted, my use of social media is not presidential. It's modern day presidential. So in this modern day where we use social media, your personal tweets, where you tweet policy is a public forum. Like, oh my God. (laughs) Maybe he can learn if he was not worried about what NFL players are doing. If he wasn't worried about anything else. I was just going like, to say, maybe if you can learn if he wasn't like, was he 72 years old? Like, you don't learn much at that age. You sort of just going to be who you are. Like, <laughs> everything you've learned in life has been learned. <laughs> you just living off of that. So, in any event, the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and petition issues involving social media will be interesting to watch. And some scholars suggest that this is something the Supreme Court will probably have to tackle at some point because... This is where we've been dragged to. This is The Breakdown. Breakdown. And today's topic, the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So first, religion. The government's to be a religiously neutral body and should not prioritize any one religion over another when passing and interpreting laws. All religions are to be treated equally. And related, the government cannot prohibit citizens from participating in any religious group or belief, but the rituals and traditions of any particular religion are limited to the extent that they abridge the rights of other non-practicing citizens or sometimes animals. Freedom of speech is the most misunderstood right of the First Amendment. Again, the focus is on the government's ability to limit speech. Private citizens and corporations have no cause of action between each other under this amendment. The right allows citizens to speak freely about basically any subject, including criticism of the government, without fear of reprisal by the government. The speech of private citizens can still be subject to defamation laws, privacy laws, and contractual limitations. And though they may not completely surrender their right to free speech, those who work for the government are limited by the constraints and nature of the position sometimes. Freedom of the press is meant to prevent the government from interfering with the distribution of information and opinions. 
It can almost be seen as an extension of the freedom of speech because it essentially allows for the widespread dissemination of the thoughts and ideas of private citizens and organizations. Right to peaceably assemble is essentially the right to protest in groups. And the right to petition the government for redress is basically the right to file a lawsuit against the government. Keep in mind that these rights are also influenced and shaped by state and federal statutes as well. And that was the breakdown. Well, you know, we would just like to say, don't let um, your president distract you from what's really going on. It's really not about, it is important that we talk about what's going on NFL-wise and, you know, racial inequality. But more basically, we need to make sure people are alive to have those conversations. Mm. Um, Specifically, we're talking about the millions, I think specifically 3.2-ish estimated million people who are affected down in Puerto Rico, American citizens. American citizens. Who are being affected by um, Hurricane Maria, which came through and just wiped the place clean. And I believe as of recording um at this time (laughs) we have not heard um, a single false he just tweeted recently Mm -hmm. i think today when we recorded this and it was a laughable set of tweets saying that florida and texas did much better with their recovery i hope because i didn't see his tweets please tell me he is not comparing Puerto Rico to Florida and Texas. He's Puerto literally Rico? talking about recoveries and like who's doing better. First of all, you a-hole. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, but I guess you don't care about them because they're Hispanic, Latino, whatever the proper term is, because my friends use it interchangeably. Um, <laughs> I just, that that but just made you me know so what? mad. Like, it's not even about him because we need to make sure that our brothers and sisters down there get what they need. So we four will- to six months alleged recovery, or you know, um, they are in complete Without, blackout. Yeah, but not recovery. Recovery is going to be years. We're years, talking about just yes. for them to get electricity. Um, and recently, and water. The, the government or the governor rather was saying that only forty percent of all citizens of Puerto Rico have potable water. That is the water that you can drink. Because they have no infrastructure right now. They literally have water still in the streets, y'all. They are wading through water to try to get to stores. Gas stations do not have gas to pump. Like, they think the number was given, like, 87 ATMs across the island are working now, finally. You have people sleeping on the ground at the airport trying to get on flights. The earliest flight that they have to get out on possibly is October 1st. There is no air conditioner at the airport. There are no Mm -hmm. snacks available that are being handed out at the airport. They are sleeping on the hard ground. Some people, because the ground is so hard, they're trying to sleep on the, um, not the conveyor belts, but the luggage. The luggage. So um, while we're sending money to Harvey and people down in Florida, don't forget about Puerto Rico. Absolutely. This is a U.S. territory as well, and they're probably even more devastated than our U.S. states. And we um, will do some research and put some links down in the comment section or the um, the, no- the notes for this episode for places that we think are reputable to donate to. Because you know how we feel about Red Cross. And, you know, yeah. I said I donated to Red Cross last time, but like, 
I led y'all astray. I shouldn't have done that because they don't do what they're supposed to do. So let me go and find some reputable sources. Right. And, um, usually Beyonce points me in the right direction, but I don't know if she's on top of it yet. So I'm going to do my due diligence. So our listeners. Be cares. You know she's on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she probably done slid like a million to them already. To they will slid a million. I mean, I personally, you know, I can't say nothing about how much people donate good job j-lo <laughs> good job so y'all freedom of speech ain't so free particularly with this president just stay focused remember the real issues and it's about inequality and injustice of people of color and we have to take care of each other hey. like because he ain't gonna do it but with that said we hope you have a great week tune in next time be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pop Law Podcast on all of those things. And visit us on poplawpodcast.com. That's where you can find the latest episodes. You can and learn let us know if you think there's anything that we should talk about or um, any guest features you think will be great. Yes. So, with that said, have a great week, everyone. And remember that we are not your attorneys. attorneys. Oh.